My guest today has successfully homeschooled her four sons through high school, and I had the honor of meeting one of her sons through my work. Gina Hamby was tired of trading time and brain power for lifeless learning, so she set out on a journey to reclaim the joy and potential rewards of what she now refers to as a lifestyle of learning. Through the years, Gina has found that successful homeschooling isn't about recreating the public school classroom. Her website, GinaHamby.com, is where she shares how she went from overwhelmed newbie homeschooler to seasoned homeschooling mom, helping many others see their ability to successfully homeschool their kids, all while building a stronger, happier, healthier family. Welcome to A Healthy Bite. You're one nibble closer to a more satisfying way of life, a healthier you, and bite-sized bits of healthy motivation. Now let's dig in on The Dish with Rebecca Huff. (laughs) So, Gina, you homeschooled your kids for about 15 years, right? Yeah. Um, And I've been watching your videos, and you have so much wisdom when it comes to home education. And I wanted to talk to you about something that I get asked a lot. And I feel like you probably have had this question a lot too. Is homeschooling hard? Oh, gracious. It's as hard as you make it. (laughs) Now, say, having said that, it does require some dedication. You are going to put some thought into it. You're going to commit your heart to it. It's not something to take lightly. It will be a lifestyle adjustment. But if you do it from the heart, if you relax a little, if you recognize the beautiful opportunity you have, it's not just adding one more thing to your very busy schedule. When in fact, it's doing life with your children to where you actually enjoy your children. And having said that, I just graduated my fourth son last May, and I miss them terrible because when done properly, homeschooling feels like such a team effort that when it's done, you're like, Oh gracious, I'm the only one out on the field now and they've kind of they're transitioning to their new roles in life. So just to encourage you, it's not meant to be stressful. It it will be hard at times, but it's um let's say it is something so rewarding and beautiful and you'll find yourself enjoying it and it'll become a lifestyle. And then you'll, at the end of the day, you'll have raised children that you are proud to call yours. That will be a good reputation that will be known for hard work and honesty and integrity. And it's just such a joy at the end of the day. I so agree with that. I know that a lot of people are talking about homeschooling now, and we know why with the pandemic and everything, but setting aside the whole, you know, pandemic and whether we should be sending our kids to school because of the virus or whatever, let's, let's start out by talking about what are the big benefits of homeschooling. And I know you, I ask you to think about this ahead of time because there are so many benefits of homeschooling, but if you could kind of sum it up in a few points, what would you say? Sure. Um, one of the biggest, so I think I have three favorites, the biggest being mentoring your children. And when I say mentoring, that truly is the heart 
of a successful homeschooler that you're not just trying to get math, language, and all the other subjects done, but you're seeing the opportunity to impart your worldview, your beliefs. They're getting to do life with you. You are equipping them to be future adults, husbands, wives, um, parents. You are you have the opportunity to instill in them to shape the future through mentoring. And when I say mentoring, this isn't a curriculum. This is simply doing life together and um, letting them in on your life and um, imparting values to them. And it's not rushed. When you're homeschooling, you don't have to rush. You have the freedom of time and flexibility um, to cater it to your family, your lifestyle. And so I love the ability to truly train up your children um, to be productive, hardworking, happy young people. Um, and then I already mentioned this, but the flexibility. You get to teach what you want, <laughs> when you want, how you want. You do not have to stick with a particular curriculum. There's subjects you need to cover, but there's great flexibility in how you want to teach it. How do you want to gear it? Is your student um, dyslexic? Do they have trouble reading, but they are beautifully skilled in the arts? Are they very creative? Are they um, able to communicate verbally but have a hard time with reading um, and writing. Well, you capitalize on their strengths. You build them up to the point that they're so confident in their ability that they'll, they'll compensate for their weaknesses. So that's a beautiful, the flexibility to cater it to your children. And lastly, what I would say, a very favorite point is creating independent thinkers. And this year, everybody knows 2020 has just kind of thrown us for a loop. We didn't see it coming. We, we didn't expect anything that's happening. And some people will become paralyzed with fear. And they're so used to being told what to do and what to think that they're not sure how to troubleshoot and how to move forward. And the beauty of it is to just, you can teach them, okay, here's a problem how can I figure another way around it? How can I figure a way to do this myself? How can I adapt? And in fact, that's what this entrepreneurial spirit of learning how to do, how to figure problems on your own is what led to our, um, my son, uh, he started a family farm business here in Maryland. So that is beautiful. They're learning to create ways to provide for themselves. And then as adults, don't we wish our, our husband, um, our, you know, our peers, our neighbors were able to problem solve and they didn't just collapse or they were adaptable, um, that they didn't freak out, but they calmly were able to work through things and independently figure out how to successfully live life. Yes, that is, I love that point, very spot on. Um, so as far as the teaching goes though, I know we can't, it's too broad of a subject, but I wanted to touch on some of the ways that parents can go about educating their children because especially now with the pandemic, there's a lot of people talking about, you know, um, doing public school at home. But that's really not the only way. Can you touch on some of the different ways that parents can go about um, giving their kids this education? Mm -hmm. Okay, so let me tell you 
for us, a typical day and some of the things that we adapted, things we did different. So um, you're, it's nothing like recreating school at home. So we're getting up together, we're doing chores together. Very important, you're a team. It's not just all on mom. And so that ought to make you say, hooray, thank goodness she said that. I want them to be working with you. They're making breakfast with you. They're cleaning up. And then you're going to have some family time. For us, it was devotions and Bible study. For others, it might be working on character development, things that are warm. It's not necessarily a subject, but you're building into them. Then we'd go into our math and language because you want them sharp um, for math and language. And you're going to give them a high protein breakfast. That's a huge tip. Don't give them pancakes and donuts for breakfast because you'll have pancake puddles where their brain is numb and they're not able to think clearly. So give them some nice high protein in the morning. Then you're getting the harder subjects done. Then we're going to move to the other subjects and we'll have lunch together. Give yourself quiet time in the afternoon. Every day after lunch, we had a period where it was just no devices. It was, you can go read in your room. You can go be quiet in your room. You can play quietly with Legos in your room, something like that. Take a downtime. And then in the afternoon, you're doing projects or field trips. You can do service work. You can teach a lot to children through working for and with others by serving them. Broaden their world. Um, my boys, when I talk about broadening their world, they did apprenticeships. Um, we, we live around farms. So a couple of boys worked with a dairy farmer. Um, another son, he worked with a cabinet maker expose them to various opportunities because those in fact were subjects. The dairy farm was science, it was agriculture. Um, and then we had industrial arts when my oldest was working with a woodworker doing cabinetry and things like that. That is a great way to teach them important life skills that are still school. Also field trips are beautiful. Um, and we're gonna talk on this later, but real quick since we're here, Whenever we took a family vacation, I counted it like an extended field trip. So a couple weeks before, if we're going to South Carolina, we, we love Charleston, um, we would study about the area. We would study the history of the port. Um, what is the state known for? There are crocodiles there that we don't have here um, or alligators. I'm not sure which, but there's things that are scary that come up out of the waterways down there that we weren't used to. So we studied about that. What is their climate like? What is their state known for producing? Um, all those things make life itself um, something that you actively engage in. You're not just trying to cram facts. That's not the goal. The goal is to spark curiosity, to have them wondering about the world, um, to gear their they're, what they're learning about towards what their interests are. So find out what they love, because if they love it, if they're interested in it, they're going to want to learn. Yeah, I love that. Um, we actually did something very similar. I did a lot of what we called one tank road trips, you know, like Ooh. exploring, you know, where you could go on one tank, um, huh? just finding things and learning. And I love that. Um, something you said that kind of clicked with me is that my, my idea for homeschooling with my kids has always been teach them to love learning and they'll never stop learning. That's, that's the number one goal. I think with homeschooling, my kids was just to instill a love of learning, show them that learning new stuff is fun 
and then they'll just keep learning forever because knowledge is learning you know the more they gain knowledge and keep trying to find out new things they're always going to be on that forward motion of learning Absolutely. so that was pretty cool <clears throat> um i know you have a ton of information on your website ginahamby.com um, you have all these videos about, um, do I have to follow the public school schedule or what if my kids fall behind and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'll link some of those. If you're listening or watching, you can go back to the blog post because I'll link some of those where you can go and check out Gina's website. She has so much encouragement there that we can't even begin to um, touch on all of the things that she has for you there. So make sure you go and um, check out that information. But um, I also wanted to talk a little bit to you about what your thoughts were. Um, I know a lot of people are doing virtual school at home. So their kids are logging on to the public school system and they're doing virtual school. Is that the same as homeschooling? Gracious, no. <laughs> um, children, especially younger children or active, creative minds, um, staring at a screen, it just dulls the mind. Children are all people. We, we read slower when it, anything is on a, a digital screen. It squashes their curiosity and creativity. Um, they can just feel burnt out from learning. It's, it's just much harder to concentrate when you're just staring at a screen. Whereas I think the beauty of homeschooling is immersive. Let them touch and see and experience the things that you want to teach them about. That is what they truly will grab a hold of. Um, to me, that is being able to cater the curriculum to your children and not having to do it in the prescribed fashion um, in virtual school. You get to call the shots and in a world where it seems like we have so little control of what's happening on the outside, to me, it's so fun that a mom gets to decide how she wants to teach. She gets to be in charge of how she's raising and teaching and what her children walk away with school from. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I feel bad for a lot of the parents who think that they're homeschooling now when their mm -hmm. children are doing virtual school. Um, and I feel bad for the kids because as I talk to other moms who have kids that are now at home doing virtual school for the first time, their kids are really frustrated and mm -hmm. they're crying every day. And they're just so discouraged because they think that homeschooling is virtual schooling and it's just not the same animal at all. Um, yeah. And I, I, I feel like a lot of people who are using the virtual school system now would, you know, do their children a huge favor to just start homeschooling yeah. instead, especially yeah. if you're already putting so much effort into it. Um, mm -hmm. But anyways, not to get off on a tangent about that, there was something in one of your videos that I wanted to ask you about, um, and you had previously mentioned field trips, and I got um, off on a different subject. But you had said something in one of your videos about going on field trips. I think someone had asked you, what if they can't find a group to go on field trips with? And you said, you don't need a group. Can you no. tell us a little bit about that? I loved it. Absolutely. So 
while the boys were, as they were growing up, we were part of a homeschool group and I helped to lead one and we would once a month, we went to different places. Now, I viewed that as a time to hang out with other kids, to have fun, to do an adventure together, but they weren't necessarily paying attention because they're paying attention to what the other kids are doing or if the other kids are cutting up or what the other kids think of them. And the true learning isn't necessarily happening. That's more of a fun time. Um, you do not need a field trip group. You can go where your children are interested and they'll they'll grab a hold of it they'll pay attention better um it's more relaxed i firmly i mean that is the beauty now um we're not allowed as, to be together as much but that should not stop you keep experiencing life together as a family even if it's just mom and one child there's beauty in that mm-hmm I love it. I agree. And I think they do learn more when you're doing this field trip and they can put their focus on what they're doing instead of the social interaction, which I feel like is part of the distraction in public school. A lot of times is this, we do want our children to be socialized, but at the same time, that social interaction can also distract from actually learning. So I love that, what you said about the field trips. Um, and then about learning lesson plans, curriculum, all that crazy stuff. Um, I know it can seem overwhelming to a mom who maybe has a few young kids and she's like, oh, where do I start? How do I do all of this? Do we need big elaborate lesson plans and stacks of curriculum? What, what can you get started with? Okay, so I would say relax. Relax, mom. I'm very spontaneous. I'm very creative. I just thrive on new and different and exciting. I want to learn things. I want to enjoy life. So creating a detailed lesson plan is like root canal to me, which I wouldn't do root canals anyway anymore, but that is exactly what it's like. Um, I always had a game plan, but I didn't have a lesson plan. So I knew the topics I wanted to cover. Um, I knew, so math and language were usually a workbook. And then the rest, I love to do unit studies and I picked a time period. So I knew what I had to cover. And sometimes because I'm so creative and I can get distracted, I would on a clipboard for our schoolwork, I'd put, um, each subject that I needed to cover and how I was going to address it was, were we going to study the westward expansion? And so for music, we were going to study the time period or guitars or banjos or something like that. So I put the topic and I put how I was going to cover it. And that just helped to keep me on track. But lesson plan, no, that the textbooks, the, the lesson plans, or even the guide, that is your servant you are not a servant to the curriculum. And mm. I want you to hear that. You are not a servant to that workbook. That workbook is your tool. That, that lesson plan or that guide is your tool, but don't let it master you. I love that. It's so easy to get that reversed. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, I got to do my worksheets. And speaking mm -hmm. of worksheets, are homeschooling parents just sitting there grading homeschool worksheets all day or what? Oh, gracious, no. <laughs> Wor worksheets are going to dull their mind, too. Again, a lot of homeschooling is discussion and talking through things, reading books together, studying subjects together. 
but in an interesting and exciting way. Um, workbooks are just going to dull their mind. It's just facts in and facts out. And that's not what we don't, we're not stuffing sausages. Um, we want them to really grab a hold of the information for themselves. And usually it's not going to be through workbooks. So no, and testing, you can test. Sometimes I would test in math and then in the higher grades in science, but it wasn't strict. You know, if your child is grasping the information or not, because you're working with them. Testing is more done for a teacher who is trying her very best to manage or his best, 25, 30, 20 students, whatever that may be, that's his way of understanding, did my students get what I just taught? But for you, you're hands-on, you're right there with them. There's no pressure to do all of that testing unless, know your state's requirements. Um, a good resource is HSLDA. They have an excellent resource that tells you what does your state require as far as testing. Um, most states are not strict on testing and maybe they are testing like second, fifth, and seventh. Um, but in Maryland where we are, we don't have any mandatory testing. So I really didn't do a whole lot on my own except some math quizzes. And I think that takes the pressure off for the kids anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Not all kids are good test takers and you don't want them to feel squished. You know, you don't want to feel defeated. You always want your child to feel like they're progressing. Um, school right. is not to kind of crush them down and see what they don't know. It's to build them up, build on their strengths and make them feel like they're accomplishing, give them confidence and they're going to succeed as an adult. That is such an important key. And I have seen that with my, with my six kids, one of my six, um, he did not do well with testing and the girls, they were okay with testing, but my, my oldest son, he, he was really smart and he knew a lot of stuff about computers, but when it came to tests, that's where he would struggle. And once we started proving what he knew, and he started getting that confidence because he knew a lot about computers. Um, he ended up going to school and um, got a degree in computer technology because of the stop testing factor. So that, that really helped him a lot. Um, and I think that's really important for people because testing really isn't a good indicator of what a child knows anyways. Um, so I wanted to ask about the younger kids, like, so maybe this was going to be someone's first year of kindergarten or, you know, even first grade, they barely just got started into school and now they're at home. Um, maybe they chose not to do virtual home, you know, school and they chose just to homeschool their child. Should the child be sitting at their desk or how, what does a day look like for a kid that age when they're homeschooling? Mm -hmm. A youngster, um, if you are five, six, seven years old, you are going to have very short lessons. And I mean, anywhere from five, 15. And if they are really good, you can do 20 minutes and then you're going to take brain breaks and you want them to get up and let's go fold a load of laundry. Um, let's do jumping jacks together. You're going to tickle their socks off. If mom gets up and starts doing jumping jacks during the break with them, they'll just love it. Or a sit-up competition or push-up competition. Make it fun. So the six-year-old, he's probably all together going to have one to two hours where you could say it was schoolwork. The rest of the time he's working alongside you, he's feeling productive. And um, it, 
you know, we have a couple of mini horses here. They're bored to death unless they feel productive. So if you hitch a horse um, to a little cart or something, they feel like they have a job. Kids are the same way. They want to feel productive. When they're not, they start to say, I'm bored. So let them cook with you. Let them go grocery shopping with you. Let them clean with you. Nothing perfect, but let them feel productive through the day. They're going to learn so much. Their brain's going to grow incredibly just by doing life with you. A little bit of the subjects, not long. I love it. I love it. So on the opposite end of the spectrum, though, what about high school? What, what changes during the high school years? Mm -hmm. So high school, I want you to think of there, there's a couple things to think about. Number one, what do you want your kids to walk away from? What did you graduate? Ask yourself this. What did you graduate high school with? And now you're on your own and you thought, oh, goodness, I don't know how to balance a budget. I don't know how to fix a leaky faucet. I don't even know how to change my tire. What do you wish you had practiced? You have these hours you need to fill, science, social studies, math. What do you wish you had learned? Um, do you want to know about personal finance? So take a course. We did Dave Ramsey's um, personal finance for homeschool high school. I wanted my boys to know about investing and budgeting. So use that time wisely. You need to get a certain number of hours. So check with your state. Again, HSLDA will explain to you what credits you need, what, what your state requires for high school graduation. So in high school, number one, you're figuring what do you want them to walk away with and you're basing it towards their interest, um, their subjects. Um, they're also learning how to keep track of their credits and that can sound overwhelming. I just wanna like very simply, like you know you need four English credits in Maryland, three in math, three in social studies, three in science. So just know that over the course of however long it takes to get through high school, you need to have those separate credits. Um, so you just need to understand what do I need to graduate? Um, how can I, since I have to do science and my son likes mechanics, can it be applied science and can he learn small engine repair? Or my other son likes agriculture, how can I gear his studies towards that to fulfill my science requirements? So just know what's required and then gear it towards what you want your kids to walk away from. It's, it sounds overwhelming, but I promise you it's not. It's just being careful about keeping a little bit more records and staying on track with what your state requires for graduation. Mm -hmm. Good advice. Good advice. Um, do you have any examples in your family of like what high school looked like for one of yours? Mm -hmm. um, so my oldest son, Brian, he was extremely driven. I have some other sons that are like, mom, relax, chill out. And they're not. And that's okay. You let your kids do their thing. Um, but my oldest son at 14, he knew he wanted to be a registered nurse. I had been a nurse um, practicing in a hospital and he just saw the benefit of that. So we geared his high school studies towards the medical arts. Um, he was able to, in 10th grade, he started testing out of college courses. They're called CLEP exams or credit by um, exam. So we, in 10th grade, he finished three years of high school. 
and it sounds harder and I should make a video and then we could link that to this. Um, but essentially he, he did ninth grade with me and then by 10th grade, he's like, mom, I'm really ready to go. He started taking college at our local, um, at our local community college. He also started taking credit by exam classes. So he got high school credit and college credit at the same time. Um, it took him like world history. We love history. He was able to study for three weeks, take the exam. He tested out of it. So he got his one year of high school in three weeks for social studies and he had three college credits. So that applied by the time he was 18, he graduated um, and was a practicing registered nurse at, the, at our local hospital um, just because he had the drive. He was ready, he wanted to push. My second son, he's more chill. Mom, relax, enjoy, it's okay, we got this. Um, he again, he just graduated this summer at 21 as a registered nurse at the same hospital where I worked. Um, so those are ways that you can adapt it to each child. Um, and again, Ryan at 18, uh, 19, he, we're on a farm, we're learning how to homestead. That was part of our homeschooling. And that's so valuable, teaching kids how to create um, their own life, to have their own food, things like that. That, that makes learning exciting. But um, He's at work and he's telling them that, okay, we're about to process our own chickens. And one of his coworkers says, ah, I would like to buy your chicken. Boom, a business was born. Ryan, all of a sudden he starts running. And meanwhile, while he's running to create a family farm business, I'm still homeschooling two younger sons. So I'm like, hmm, okay, science this year is agriculture and for math it's also business math um, and so for social studies we're learning economics and so we're tying our life into our school and then everyone is invested in it they they see an end in sight they're more motivated when you give them a vision and a means to achieve it that's where they will just take off so that's one way an example from our family how we used homeschooling beautifully to set my kids up for their future mm -hmm. yes i love that so as far as, I mean, it kind of almost sounds like a working parent could make homeschooling also work out. What kind of advice do you have for people who work, whether from home or whatever, um, just some ideas for if the parent really has to work, um, what, yeah. what can they do? Yes. And this is, again, the flexibility of homeschooling. So I was a registered nurse as I was homeschooling. I was practicing at the hospital. Um, so maybe I'm going to double up on Thursday because I have to work on Friday. And so I'm going to do two lessons of math. Mind you, we skip every other problem because it's silly to try to just finish a workbook page because it's there. But so we'll double up or maybe they're going to do it in the evening because I have to work in the daytime. Um, give yourself lots of grace. Um, you can also take some online classes. There's, you don't have to do an all or nothing, all virtual or nothing. It can be maybe you supplement with some online classes for your kids. Um, 
just flexibility knowing oh here's another beautiful thing you can go do school year-round especially when my children are younger there is something kids will never admit to you but they love boundaries and they love structure and i'm not saying strict i'm saying you have fun but they know what to expect so if you're if moms are maybe leery about having their kids at home or doing this homeschool thing because during the summer they can't wait for the kids to go back to school that's because kids again if they don't feel purpose if they don't know what's happening they get bored they get bratty um so you involve the kids you're doing school all year round a little lighter in the summer you can do three days a week in the summertime but that gives you three more months to get school done um if your kids you know if you have to be at work or you have to be on the computer um for three four or five days a week it gives you that flexibility and you get you public school you're needing to be there for six seven hours where homeschooling you're so targeted and focused the actual learning time is anywhere between one and three and a half four hours as they get into high school but it it isn't those very long days mm -hmm. Right, because too, it's also more one-on-one -on -one and mm -hmm. in public school, a teacher is dividing her attention between yeah. 30 kids or whatever. So you can be a lot more efficient at home. And then yes. what would you suggest, and I know this isn't necessarily homeschooling, but I wanted to touch on it because you have these um, more condensed days, you know, your kid is not sitting there learning at a desk or whatever, for eight or nine hours, what can they be learning in their kind of off time? Mm -hmm. In their off time, it's the perfect time to, again, they can work for a neighbor or work, um, they can serve um, or apprentice. So let them see what they're interested in and look for those opportunities. And then things they can learn independently let your kids have the ability to let's say take apart an old vacuum that broke and see the inner workings knowing full well it's not going to go back together and that's fine and maybe they're only going to take it apart for an hour and lose interest but just let them see behind the scenes their their brain is forming so many connections by just kind of taking a look under the hood and seeing what it's really like and i think that's what's helped my boys to kind of problem solve on their own is that I let them do projects, but I didn't, it wasn't completely directed. I'm like, here, go see if you can figure out why the toaster oven isn't working. Fully knowing in my heart that the toaster oven was probably going to be mutilated. That's okay. Chill out. It's just a toaster oven and it was broken anyway. Let them take it apart, examine it. Um, but then as they get older, they feel confident. Well, I can try to figure this out myself. So that's a huge part, keeping them, their brain thinking about something, being interested in something. So you're, that's where you do a little bit on your part. You figure out what do they love and you're getting those things, those resources out for them. So if they love building, give them a workshop or a, a place in the garage where this is their hammer their nails they can tinker all day long just keep them active it shouldn't be all video games and whatever children do on devices things like that there's time for that but also let there be some creativity let them pursue interests 
Excellent. It's funny that you said that because um, that is one of the things that happened with our first son. He, um, we closed a business and he was interested in taking apart machines and stuff. And he took mm -hmm. apart vacuum cleaners at age three. Oh, and, wow. And when he was a, a young, I guess, young teenager, maybe even preteen, he got interested in printers and we had just closed a business. And so my husband gave him um, some printers that were not working or some of them were like falling apart or whatever he took apart all of these printers and and for the longest we had when you walked into our garage there was like all these little organized piles of printer parts um, where he was fascinated with that and he would spend hours taking them apart and organizing the different little parts and pieces and um, so that's something that our kids have done and music lessons um, you know, animals, they've had, um, you know, rabbitries and all the, everything, chickens, we've done it all. So I feel like that's, that's one of the things that can fill their time when they're not studying per se, or doing a formal math lesson or whatever, they can pursue their interest. And that is learning as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love your encouragement for parents who have to work. Cause I, I mean, let's face it in today's you know, society, a lot of families have both parents working and they think maybe that they can't homeschool, but you're saying it can be done. Yes, definitely. Awesome. So if someone came to your website, they, they just are starting to explore and getting into homeschooling, where on your website would they want to start out? I would say the hope and how to. Okay. Because there are a lot of videos and they can just scroll through the titles and figure out what topics are they having questions on. There's also a resources section where I have put books that we use for our homeschooling just to kind of spark you, give you an idea of um, different curriculum choices, how they can be more out of the box. Um, but probably the hope and how to, if you have a family member that is against you homeschooling and they're saying, well, they'll never get to college or they're not going to be socialized or whatever they're coming out with. I also, under courses, I have a free mini course that I'm, I debunk the five greatest myths behind homeschooling. I actually took that course. I loved it. Yeah. Um, you have so much good information. So um, hopefully people can just find everything, the answers that they need there. If someone doesn't find what the answer to their question on your website, which I would be super surprised if they didn't, but is there a way that people can contact you and ask you questions? Yes. So um, they can email me um, Gina at GinaHamby.com. Um, I also offer personalized coaching and they, I can cater it exactly to their questions and where they're stuck. Um, and I would love to be able to do that for them. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Gina. You're such a wealth of information. I love your website and your videos are so encouraging and I just really appreciate you taking the time to be here so that the listeners can get to know you. Yes, and I'm grateful that you had me on today, Rebecca. I really want moms in this time where it can feel discouraging and stressful. I really want to provide encouragement that you can do it. And 
it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. Your situation, your home life, where you live, it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful and that you can do an excellent job. You are more than able and you are equipped that these are your children and you are more than able to do a beautiful job to mentor and educate them. Well said, thank you, Gina. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review so other people can learn about this podcast. Find out more about sleep, hygiene, eating healthy, tasty recipes, zero-waste lifestyle, and lots more on thatorganicmom.com. Help us spread the word. Be blessed and stay healthy.